Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Holy Shoot Wrestling Podcast, a podcast that is all about the world of professional wrestling. Uh, joining me on today's show is Mike Grimmington. Howdy. And Chen. Hello. Uh, today, the Holy Shoot Wrestling Podcast presents the Big Boy Battle Bowl. Jason's words, not mine. This segment is inspired by the recent interest in NXT Big Boy Keith Lee and the start of WrestleMania season and the usual Undertaker speculation. Today, 16 of the most famous big men in the history of wrestling will compete for the title of Bestest Biggest Boy. Holy shoot, regular Jason is not here today as he once again is touring the world to promote his book, Women Love Wrestling. But he has booked this show. Jason picked the big boys and randomized a bracket. And now our panel is learning who is picked and who has been matched up. Their task is to pick a winner of each match. I'm the third member of the panel, FYI. Uh, Sam couldn't also make it tonight. Uh, this is subjective, and we'll go with the majority, and it's not simply the best in-ring performer. These are big men. It's about their in-ring work, their aura, the presentation of the gimmick, who you think would win if they booked the match, and who people enjoyed the mat most. But first, general banter time. How are you all doing, lads? Pretty damn good. How are you? I am functioning human being. What about you, Chen? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. You know, had a very productive day. Oh, oh, productive as in how? As in, you know, work was going great. I got, I got a date set up for later on. During ooh, the week. So... ooh, oh, well, my date cancelled on me, but I got another one organised. So I got another one lined up. I got another one lined up. Wait till maybe she the date that have you ever thought maybe the date that cancelled on you is the one I'm seeing this week? Is she, <laughs> is she Australian? No. No. Okay. Well, then then it's not. So, <laughs> boom goes the dynamite. <sighs> boom goes the dynamite. Uh, well, that's good, man. That's good that you're on the dating scene. Uh, join join us, uh, singles gents. Uh, uh, well, I say single gents. Mike, can, you're not actually single. I'm so uh, jealous. You're so. Je- <laughs> oh, look at you with your relationship. How dare you? I know. It <laughs> uh, sucks, man. Don't ever do it. Okay. Uh, good, good advice. I, I'll I'll never I'll never have one of those. What do you mean you're walking out the door right now? <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> This is behind the scenes where uh, Mike's missus has just walked out the room. <laughs> She's took the remote. Oh, <laughs> oh let's, let's keep that in. Let's keep that in. <laughs> Oh, God. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Holy Shoot Wrestling Podcast. We're professional. Um, so, yeah, I saw Hamilton this weekend bloody good musical and i saw the film parasite which is a bloody good film so those oh, are that was such a great movie wasn't it oh i bloody loved it i'm not going to say anything because spoilers but it yeah. definitely deserved to win best picture in my opinion i mean yeah i'm like everyone else i only, I only watched it because of the, the whole oscar mm. bandwagon thing i jumped on it and i'm glad i did and i recommend everyone else do the same absolutely absolutely mike have you seen parasite yet i haven't should i Yes. 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 You should. But Mike, have yes. you start? Have you started watching WrestleMania yet? I am five WrestleManias in, doing them at some random order. Ooh. So what's the five you've seen? I have seen nine, twenty-seven, seventeen, just to you know regain my sanity. Eight and three. You started off with the two worst WrestleManias of all time, arguably. Well, 
holy shoot seemed to suggest then when I asked for random numbers, it was like you knew. Oh, well, <laughs> I didn't. Well, when you said one to thirty-five, I didn't quite click. <laughs> yeah. I would have said thirty-five and say, "Mike, can you just watch watch out for me in the crowd?" <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't found me, Mike. <laughs> I will keep looking. Uh, at least you. At least I proved that I was there by calling you live uh, at the event. Uh, anyway, um, so uh, I'm just reading the script Jason sent me, so if this is confusing, I apologise. So, as we said, uh, this is subjective, and we'll go with the majority between the three of us. Uh, in-ring work, aura, presentation, who booked the match, and who people enjoy the most. Uh, we are reminded that this is not a Young Bucks match, so we don't need to get all our shit in during the first match. If someone wins a match, you get to talk about them again. So, um, Jason has asked us, who is your favorite big man uh, in all of professional wrestling? Just uh, just briefly. One one, one answer, no, no monologue. Well, no. for me, it's probably big man-wise. Big man-wise? Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash. Ah, Kevin Nash. What about you, Mike? For me, it's always going to be the earthquake. The earthquake. And for me, it's going to be Great Carly. What a great guy. Anyway, <laughs> um, so let's ring the bell uh, for match number one. Match number one is Yokozuna versus the Great Carly. Who wants to kick things off? Ouch. It's going to be oh. painful. I'll I'll kick things off with my man Yokozuna. You know, he, he he came in with a debut and immediately fans had never seen anything like it at the time. They were in shock and awe and looked scared as he would crush people's chest coming off the second road. Hacksaw Jim Duggan was his first victim. Um, went on to win the Royal Rumble in a very unique way by actually kicking out of the pin and won the title of his first WrestleMania. Amazing big man. He could do things for his size that shouldn't be possible, the leg drops and the spinning kicks. And he had my favorite manager of all time, Mr. Fuji, at his side. So there's some good things to say for him. Yeah. Chen, what about the great Carly? Any defense for him? I remember when I first saw him debut on SmackDown, mm. he did make a big impact with the... You know, when he's, he had that move, I don't know what you called it, but he squeezed people's head and blood will pour out of the mouth, like The Undertaker, Rey Mysterio. Oh, God, that was, yeah, the brain crush or something like that. And, you know, like, I, it, he was a big specimen and everyone's always looking forward to his wrestling matches. And I was mm. But, yeah, when it came time to actually wrestle, all he had was the chop, I'm afraid. He was what a letdown. Beautiful- I love the brain chop. I I love Great Carly as a guilty pleasure, but uh, there is no defending uh, Great Carly against Yokozuna. So are we all in agreement that Yokozuna goes to the next round? Yeah, I think definitely, yeah. Okay, let's not waste any time then. Uh, So I'm just going to put Yokozuna in the bracket. Next up is Kevin Nash versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Let's start with you, Chen, because you love uh, Big Daddy Cool. Yeah, so, you know, as Kevin Nash started off his career as pretty much a Shawn Michaels hype man, and then obviously was a kind of a flop as a main eventer when he went his single route, but then obviously reinvented himself in WCW. Mm. And he always had that swagger and everything. And I know he had... I know, like, sometimes he... 
we had to share the spotlight with them three, with Hogan and Scott Hall. But to me, he always did stand out. Like, no, especially as the big guy, and he was very good on the mic. And, you know, back then, big guys weren't always the best wrestlers, but, like, he could move. Until he tore his quads. Uh, yeah. Mike, what, what about you? Uh, bam, bam. Got, you know, for someone his size doing a moonsault off the top rope, it's something special to see. And, you know, you've got to remember, he did main event at WrestleMania in strange circumstances, but he was in the final match on WrestleMania 11. Um, I really like Bam Bam, and I like what he did. You know, he, he had a long career in the WWF at the time. He was in WrestleMania 4 in the tournament. Um, so seven, eight year career. And then he left and went into ECW. And normally at that time, being an ex-WWF wrestler could actually work against you there. And he had to really prove himself again, which he did. And he went to the main event there, having some epic matches with Taz and um, Shane Douglas. But what I always love most about Bam Bam, if you go back to 93, watch his first round King of the Ring match against Bret Hart, you know, for total opposites of styles it's an amazing match definitely four and a half to five star you know he 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 hangs with brett all the time and we know how good brett was so for a big man amazing what he could do so uh what irks me about kevin nash is the fact that he politics his way to the top i i get that other wrestlers have done that but nash had no discernible talent he was a ratings flop in the mid 90s uh you know, he was in so the main event. When, he, he was in the main event when WCW died. Um, he he wasn't that good in the ring, uh, and I know like the click politic their way to the top as well. Was well, not less so Scott Hall, but he had more talent than Nash. Shawn Michaels had more talent than Nash. Triple H had more talent than Nash. Pretty much most of the main eventers around him, both in WWF and in WCW, had more talent or more charisma than him he was he was always second best uh for that reason alone bam bam bigelow gets my vote and plus bam bam main evented with a uh, former new york giant lawrence taylor so you know bam bam i got a bias towards bam bam so bam bam bigelow guys gets my you're vote. forgetting nash had made a big impact during the summer of punk he was part of that storyline oh dear. <laughs> so okay <laughs> that so, nails it doesn't it Okay, so we've got one vote for Bam Bam. I assume, Chen, you're going to vote for Kevin. Yeah. Mike, we haven't heard your opinion about Kevin Nash, but... Uh, I've got to agree with you. If you take Triple H and Shawn Michaels out of the world, Kevin Nash doesn't make it past, you know, just being a spectacle, a quite tall guy. His in-ring work is really lacking, and it's always due to other people, any success he's had. So you're saying Bam Bam? Definitely Bam Bam. If we're going for talent and pure you know, skill and effect in the ring. Listen, Chen, I love NWO. I, I love their impact in the business, but I just don't like Kevin Nash, so I had to be vicious. Do you like but his I, movies? At least Magic Mike, for example. I have never seen Magic Mike, but I have a vendetta against that film. But uh, <laughs> we might talk about this after the show is done. Let's move on. Uh, Kane versus the winner of Wildcard Bitches, in the word of Charlie from It's Always Sunny. Philadelphia, the wildcard battle royale. So we've got 10, 10 men to choose from here. We have Big Daddy, Big V, or uh, I think that's supposed to be Big Daddy V slash Viscera, Heavyweight Crash Holly, One Man Gang, or Akeem the African Dream, Big Boss Man, Big Strong Boy Tyler Bate, Hillbilly Jim, 
Big John Studd, King Kong Bundy, and Giant Gonzalez. Um, let's pick one of each from that list, just briefly. Uh, I'm going to go Big Boss Man. He has the most talent out of that list. Uh, I'm going with Giant Gonzalez. <laughs> wow. I'll, <laughs> I'll go for King Kong Bundy. Okay, so one for Big Boss Mad, one for King Kong Bundy, and one for Giant Gonzalez. Which one do we hate the most? And then we can get down to the final two. So I hate John, Giant Gonzalez the most. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I hate him as well, but he had a big push of them. What? I, thought you, had, I, thought say, I thought you said Bush for a second. I was like, I know that, I know that tire. But, uh, <laughs> so it's inappropriate comment, Chan. Inappropriate. Um, so okay, which which one did you like the least, Chan? I think that's a nicer way of saying it. Which one I hated the least? Uh, no, which one did you like the least? So hated the most. Fine, I hated I, the most. Yeah, yeah. boss man, King Kong Bundy, giant. I'll Gonzalez. save. I'll save. Uh, Viscera. Big boss man is not one of the three options. We've whittled it down to three. Our favorites: boss man, Bundy, Gonzalez. Which one do you like the least? Oh, then Gonzalez. Okay, uh, that's the majority of Gonzalez. So it's down to Big Boss Man and King Kong Bundy. Which which one uh, do you want to pick, Chen? Let's Chen. You got to decide and vote here. Uh, I say we keep Big Boss Man. Okay, it's so Kane versus Big Boss Man. Kane versus Big Boss Man. Cool. So, uh, Mike, which yes. one do you, which uh, do you want to defend, Big Boss Man? I'd love to defend Big Boss Man. I think <laughs> talk, talk, <laughs> talk about such a gimmick change in the late eighties, early nineties. He was your, you know, stands for everything that's good in the world. Will defend all evil. He had his first real big push as as a bad guy. Main event against Hulk Hogan before turning to his real police gimmick. Um, I don't know if you all remember the nails and the the Mountie. <laughs> Do you remember the Mountie feud? You know, uh, one God night, of the Mountie. One one night in the slammer, and then he kind of he, he vanished. He went to WCW for a little while and came back still as the big boss man, but as a total opposite asshole who you know kidnapped and stole the the um the coffin the man. the big show's mother <laughs> father in the coffin. I mean, as storylines go, that's pretty strong. Um, I think he showed himself versatile in terms of character, but in terms of ring work. Can we name a big boss man move that's not the boss man slam? We're going to be hard-pressed. He might, might have done a clothesline or two. I um, like the way he held the... Was it the police stick? The... The baton. The yeah, baton. The, the way he held it and swung yeah. it around. Yeah, Night stick, that's what it's called. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah as, as I say, in terms of gimmick and character, big boss man was really strong. He could talk. He could you know, give the whole image. And then the bell rang. He's a Hall of Famer, right? He is, yes. Yeah. Ah, Chen, do you want to phone Kane? Yeah, so growing up, Kane was actually my favourite wrestler. Well, that's that sort of then. <laughs> okay. So... <laughs> Alright, but what I like about Kane as well, like, yeah. he's gone through many transitions as well. Like, he mm. always fits in every era, when you think about wrestling-wise. Whether it's being the Undertaker's brother, or when he shaved his head. Or and you took the mask off, or when he was Daniel Bryan's tag team partner, 
Or even when he did one of his, my favorite Or when he was lines. married to Lita. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That was one of my favorite storylines. <laughs> oh, no. Don't you remember when he tombstoned Linda McMahon as well? Who could forget that? Yeah, shit. <laughs> uh, right, are we all in agreement that Kane wins here? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I love Boss Man, and Kennel for Hell will always live in my memory, but uh, Kane has to win. Right. Next up, it's going to be... Before, before we get next up, just on a little tangent, because Giant Gonzalez got a lot of hate there. I hate Giant Gonzalez and all he stood for, but before that, in WCW, did you ever see him as El Gigante? No. No? He would basically just come to the ring, dressed normal, they didn't put a big bodysuit on him, get into the ring, chop his opponent so they were out for you know the next 30 minutes, and walk to the back. And in terms of what he should have been, that that was perfect for him. The putting the muscular suit on and trying to give him this gimmick against the Undertaker, they they killed what could have been an incredibly big man who just comes, knocks out with one punch, and goes to the back. So just a little bit of defense on him there. Okay, well that's lovely, Mike. But we're interested in winners here, and this oh. one is going to be a close contest. We have Big Van Vader versus the Yeti. <laughs> I'll defend the Yeti because no one else will. What an iconic moment in WCW history. That's it. What was the iconic moment? Uh, He dry humped somebody. I don't know. It was just basically he dry humped someone and it became a a cult classic due to uh, one of the cultaholic guys who loves the Yeti, uh, as he (laughs) pronounces it. so, um, can we talk about Big Van Vader later? Because this is just pointless. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Big Van Vader goes through. Powering through. Halfway through the first round. Uh, I put Big Van Vander for some reason. I can't spell today. <laughs> I have an English degree, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, this one is going to be interesting. Earthquake versus the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. Mike, do you want to talk about Earthquake? I loved Earthquake growing up. He was possibly my favourite wrestler as a kid. He looked so huge, the way he would bounce around the ring side to side and do that vertical splash. It was, you know, it it was everything a kid would watch with wide-eyed. And then he did it to Hogan, and we all knew Hogan was going to get up. And Hogan didn't get up. And he was gone for months, which, you know, if you want me to sell someone, he got rid of Hogan for months. It was just, you know, something different for the time. And then he went on to form the natural disasters with Tugboat, turned him into Typhoon. Some some of the more fun tag team matches around the time against Money Inc. I really just can't say a bad word against Earthquake. Until he comes back as Golga, which is a whole different story. Fair enough. But Tugboat was a superstar. That, that's not, no, let's not forget. Uh, Chen, uh, Mark Henry, what do you want to say about Mark? The world's strongest man. I will say this. I w- I've always been entertained by him, but mm. like some of us, we took a brief break from wrestling, and I was surprised that he was champion when I came back. Oh. And, and I'll say why I'm surprised was because I thought earlier on in his career, he sh- like early 2000s, he should have been given the push, right? So when I came back in like 2010, I was thought his time was up basically. But he, sh- I was surprised he was a main eventer when I came back. 
I yeah. thought WWE could have cashed him because remember he faced the Undertaker at WrestleMania at one point as well, and it was at like that time, two thousand six. Yeah, yeah. At that time, I thought maybe he should have gotten the bigger push, but back then, and become. Well, so as as everyone knows, I became a wrestling fan in two thousand and four. Um, Mark Henry came came back uh, early part of two thousand six, injured Batista. Had a few with Kurt Angle over the world title belt. Had a few with The Undertaker. But he, he lost those feuds. And I think that was when they could have pushed him. Yeah. But the problem with Mark Henry was for a long time, he was just a bit boring, if I'm honest. Uh, it wasn't until Hall of Pain that he kind of recognized that beyond the low-card fun that he was on the Attitude Era with sexual chocolate gimmick, uh, it yeah, wasn't too... Few... <laughs> yeah, well, sorry? No, I was sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I was glad that he did get the push in the end because he was feuding with John Cena, for example, right? Oh, the and, retirement. Yeah, and that speech, that promo when he mm. did the retirement promo. Yeah, yeah. No, that was a good promo. So you know, and uh, yeah, the Hall of Pain w- went down really well. He had some great fuses like John Cena, Big Show, Sheamus. Uh, yeah, I I quite liked uh, Mark Henry's gimmick in the 2010s. Um, I'm 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 glad you both liked him. But prior to 2004, when you started watching, he did shack up with an 85 year old woman and become the proud father of a hand. Yeah, so it hasn't, uh, it yeah hasn't, but, but it hasn't all been positive for Mr. Henry. Oh, at least they had fun with it. Like Mark, say what you want about Mark Henry, but he's always improved. Like. When his best years is his last years, that shows how much he improved oh, yeah. as a performer. Uh, fantastic promo, fantastic voice. Like he should be on commentary without a doubt. Um, I I have no bad words to say about Mark Henry's level of improvement, and he did take the sexual chocolate gimmick and ran with it. And the birth of the hand thing is hilarious it's so stupid <laughs> but people love it because it is that stupid and yeah, people think... love it now because it's that stupid so I mean, the, best, the best thing i can say about mark henry is they did hire him because of his name and because of his olympics and well strongman thing and i don't think he was what they wanted in the end he couldn't perform in the ring but he went to ohio valley wrestling mm-hmm. came back went there again i believe he's actually gone there three times each come each time come back better than he was before so he he does keep improving as yeah. the years go by you, you've got to respect someone that acknowledges that they need improvement and works hard at it i think that's the thing about mark uh, yeah put the ego aside you know yeah yeah, he could he could have easily rested in his laurels and just been cast aside as a bum. Yeah, and I I get that you two are more recent fans than myself, but just to go back into history a bit, there was a wrestler called Jake the Snake Roberts who used to terrify everyone with his snake until he attacked Earthquake with the snake, and Earthquake's retaliation was to put the snake in the middle of the ring and hit his finishing move on it. In, term, <laughs> in terms of unique storylines, you don't really get that these days. I don't think we'd get that on Fox TV. Animal uh, rights abuse right yeah. there. Jeez. <laughs> okay, right. So, Mike, you'll vote an earthquake? Definitely. I'm voting Mark Henry. Chen. I'm voting Mark Henry as well. Sorry, Mike, to do that to your favourite. Snake uh, fans. Look, all, all of our favourites have gone out uh, <laughs> at the early stage. I mean, Greg Carly's not my favourite guy. Uh, but, uh, I'll... It's probably Big Show. Speaking of which, Big Show! Uh, Big Show versus Psycho Sid in match number six of the first round. 
Uh, who wants to take the big show? Who wants to take Psycho Sid? Can I have Sid? Yeah, yeah go on. Go on, speak about Psycho. Talk about somebody who probably makes Vincent McMahon pop in his pants. He is tall, <laughs> <laughs> he is a tall, blonde monster who actually looks more like a professional wrestler than any professional wrestler ever known. He, mm. If you you know before he gets to the ring, he does his promos, which is a unique altering between whispering and sh- screaming madly, really living up to the psycho gimmick. He gets to the ring. He can perform in there, or at least he could until he decided to tear his leg in half the wrong way. Um, but his matches were actually good for somebody six foot nine. He could go with the best of them. He could move. He had some great matches with Taker, Hogan. Um, he was, you know, a, a main part of what we all agreed was the best Royal Rumble of '92. Um, last man out. I just think, in terms of a wrestler, what Ric Flair was. No, Ric Flair was the winner. No, Ric Flair was the best part of 92. Well, actually, Bobby Heenan's called. No, I said but... he was a main part of... And he was the last man out. So, yeah, sorry, my know, bad. My bad. I thought you said he was the best part. My, my no. apologies. And, you know, in terms of main event of WrestleMania, he's main evented two with five years between them. So he had longevity, if that's how you say it there. And again, yeah. again, what he did in ECW totally reinvented himself. And he was what I said a giant should be. He would just come to the ring, destroy, and leave. I love Psycho Sid. Oh, yeah, no, I've got massive respect for Psycho Sid. I think uh, a, a, lot, a lot of times we kind of meme some of his bad promos, but he was actually like a pretty intense character. He's one of my favorite old school wrestlers. Uh, for a big guy, as you said, he can move. Uh, you know his matches are entertaining uh that's got to be said uh chen why uh why big show i mean one thing first of all what i liked about him he is when he first started wrestling in wtw he had beautiful hair very he beautiful do an, hair he could he could do amazing you know he was the first time i think in my experience i see a big guy go on the top rope and do a drop kick and mm. What I liked about Big Show was, it's more forget his WCW career. It's when he his debut in WWE or WWF at the time when he threw Stone Cold out of the cage. Oh yeah, when he comes out of the ring at Saint Valentine's Day Massacre. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a good match. <laughs> and Big Show was a big part of the Attitude Era, but I thought he was an even bigger part during the Ruthless Aggression Era when he was on SmackDown. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, yeah. Sorry. And, um, you know, he did become champion being Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. He helped carry the SmackDown brand early on when it was the, f- the first time it ever did the brand split. And who can ever forget that iconic moment when him and Brock Lesnar broke the ring? Yeah, I mean, uh, big, I mean Big Show's just been around forever and there's no denying his longevity. Yeah, I think. and when he's you always talk, had when you talk, Yeah, sorry. When you talk about big guys and longevity, like, Big Show's up there. Totally agree with that. Yeah. Cool. Uh, just because we've got a lot of matches to go through, shall we put this to a vote? Yeah. Okay, Mike. Oh, man. I mean, uh, I mean what specifically is the question? Uh, what, wh- which which one's better, given uh, Jason's, like, you know, in-ring work, aura, <laughs> presentation, who would win if they booked the match, who people enjoyed the most? I mean, 
this is a tough one. This is a tough one because I'm, I'm not, not the, the toughest biggest, one. I'm not the world's biggest Big Show fan, but I do respect what he's done in a long career. I've just got mm. to think he was born and he was always going to be a giant, and how much of that has contributed to everything that he's done. Whereas mm. Psycho Sid had to work uh, very hard to get to the way he looked and get to be able to do what he did. I think. I think if you took the Big Show at his prime and Psycho Sizzy's prime and said to Vince, here's your main event, who do you want to win? He would look at you stupid and say, Psycho Sid, fella. And then Psycho Sid would betray Vince and go to the uh, the competition. Okay? Yeah, because Big, Big Show has never turned at all. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's probably so, the only default right, right, Big Show. All right, all right. So Mike's vote is Psycho Sid. Yeah. Uh, Chen, who are you voting for? Big Show. Okay. Uh, ooh. Uh, I think Big Show is a big part of your childhood, Brod. Remember that. Uh, Pikachu was not Big Show. Okay. Um, mm. Mm. this is difficult. I um, I think the... I think Mike's made a convincing argument for Sid. You know, so I, I don't want I don't want recency bias affecting me and. If I got to be honest, like Psycho said, you know, yeah, I'm going to vote Psycho said. Against my heart here, Psycho said wins. Has Psycho said ever faced Floyd Mayweather? No. Too late now. It's it's Richard Gallon's spreadsheet. Moving on. Moving on to match number seven. The Undertaker. Versus Giant Haystacks. Mike, you're old. Giant Haystacks. Giant Haystacks is the biggest wrestler we will talk about today. He was absolutely huge. Mm. It says 680 pounds on the notes, but I'm sure at some point he probably went above that. Um, Back in the late 70s and early 80s, his tag team partner was Big Daddy. Big Daddy, you know, by, by name, he was big. He was a huge guy. He was called Shirley. That's a little side note. And Giant Haystacks dwarfed him. He eventually turned on him, and when you watch their matches, it was like seeing a lion and an elephant go at each other in the jungle. It was just, it was like nothing you've ever seen. Um, what can I say about him? He, he had two moves. One was a punch, which would knock you down, and one was a big splash, which he would do once he'd knocked you down. Um, in terms of in-ring work, he was limited, but in terms of getting to the ring, it was amazing that he got there. It was amazing that the ring held him. as or striking things go it was you know really something to see yeah uh giant haystacks like uh i remember my dad talking about him uh about world of sport and you know him big daddy like these legends of british wrestling and they were popular back in the day like massive massive amounts of people knew who giant haystacks and british um i'm sorry big daddy were in the 1970s and he, he did leave an impact at least in this side of the continent. Um, Chen, why should The Undertaker beat Giant Haystacks? Are you freaking kidding me? I never even heard of this wrestler. Everyone's heard of The Undertaker. Uh, right? A lot of... Uh, look, I'm just going to say... Right. I, I'm just going to say, if you ask the average 50 to 60-year-old person... They're uh, dead. Okay. <laughs> All right. Dementia. Wow. All right. <laughs> uh, I think that's a bit disrespectful. I'm only 10 years off. Uh, <laughs> okay. uh, 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 th- that's a bit disrespectful. Um, 
Yeah, We've got okay. to talk about the impact. Gi- Gi- Giant Haystacks had a huge impact on the British wrestling industry. I think that's very disrespectful to Undertaker has had the look, biggest impact at WrestleMania. Look, there's no denying Undertaker's impact, but you can't say that about someone like Giant Haystacks just because you're ignorant of the subject. Okay. And you are ignorant. Chen, I think you've got to realise there would be no Undertaker if it wasn't for people like Giant Haystacks. Exactly. Yes, but I understand. You you got to pay homage to the people who came before you. But Undertaker is just... By mocking half the fan base by saying they're dead. Yeah. In 20 tell, years' time. Tell us what's so good about The Undertaker. In 20 yeah. years' time. In 20 years' time, people will still know The Undertaker's name. All right? Will they? Okay. It's 50 years since Giant Haystacks. We still know him. Okay, listen. What 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 do you want what, what do you want me to explain about the Undertaker? What's he your favorite of... thing about the Undertaker? Oh, off the top of my head, his wrestling ability. Second, his his um his way he reinvented himself from going dead man to the American badass, all right, mm. to going back to the dead man. Always having WrestleMania classics here and there, having classic matches in general. That, that match with Giant Gonzalez was a classic. Being, being a dip, I, I prefer this King Kong Bundy epic. <laughs> no, I prefer the Shane McMahon match, bitch. <laughs> oh yeah, right. yeah. Every yeah. every wrestler when they when they always want to have a match with the Undertaker when it comes to WrestleMania. That's how you know you've made it in the business. Do they nowadays? Like, I mean, I mean, they're still bringing him back, right? They didn't last year. Yeah, and. They they left him off the card last year. They yeah, put him on a skit with Elias and Raw. Yeah, and then they what happened? What happened? But he still made an appearance. That's a big rub for Elias. Yeah, not really. If you're getting choke sound, listen, you're getting buried. Listen, Brod, we all know that Limp Biscuit tune was part of your everyday music listening session. I was more of a Papa Roach guy. I know you were. Cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort. Suffocating. No breathing. Don't give a fuck if... Something, something. I don't know. Also, one thing people forget about Undertakers, I know, remember when he was going for the... Was it the Big Red, Big Evil gimmick? Yeah, Big Evil. I really enjoyed that gimmick. Not much to talk about Okay, we can can list all the Undertakers give us an accomplishments uh we, we've got another we've got a, quite a few more matches to uh go so mike who are you picking out of the two you know i've got massive respect for giant haystacks and what he did but mm. you know all, all joking aside what the undertaker has brought to this business he's a I think when you're doing the argument about the Mount Rushmore of wrestling undertakers always in there and unfortunately giant haystacks isn't mm. um so yeah, I will definitely go with the Undertaker. Massive fan, but massive respect to Giant Haystacks, and thank you for what he did. Yeah, I second that. Like uh, Undertaker is one one of the greatest. Giant Haystacks, so you know, massive impact in the wrestling industry, uh, and that shouldn't be forgotten. Okay, and with that being said, I do want to apologise. You guys are right. I w- I should have made that comment. I was just joking, people. But at the same time, it's like I said. In any sport, it's unfortunate no one's ever going to do their history about who paved the way for who. It's only about what's current, I'm afraid. I think the greatest boxer of all time is Muhammad Ali, and most people these days would agree with that, to be honest. I mean, but how many people 
Muhammad Ali's name is known, but how many people actually go watch his matches? Well, it doesn't have the regular teenager. (laughs) That's my point, though, isn't it? Oh my god. Okay, right. Let's move on before this gets any dumber. Um, Brock Lesnar versus Andre the Giant is the final match of the first round. I'm going to start by saying Brock Lesnar is one of the greatest of all time. Deal with it. I agree. Shit. So, Mike. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, right. Um, because I don't want to eliminate Andre this early, and I have massive respect for Andre. Um, Mike Chen, do you want to talk about the history of Andre the Giant briefly, and then we'll just select Brock Lesnar? Well, I think I think Mike should talk more about it more. But I obviously, mm. if you haven't seen that WrestleMania three match with him and Hogan, it's a big match. Uh, the psychology of that match and everything building up to the to the body slam itself and also if you don't know anything about andre the giant you should was it hbo who did the documentary that, that is correct movie? yeah yeah you should all check that out i still need to check that out it's not for lack of trying it's just i've never been able to catch it mike, mike do you want to say do you want to say some words about the legend mike's that is disappointed andre? In you. mike's disappointed in you <laughs> no i, I know I, just... I, I i do and i feel like i'm gonna to have to work backwards because everyone of the new age looking at andre the giant would do exactly what chen's done and point to that wrestlemania 3 match mm. and how big it was ninety-three thousand, possibly the most impactful match of all time and you've got to realize that a main part of that was that that was in the very late stage of Andre being a, what you would class as a good in-ring worker. It was what had come in the 15 years before that that made it so big. I mean, Andre was coming into that storyline undefeated after all of this time. And, you know, the, the, the story going into it was that Andre had never had a world title match. He'd just been the giant. He had constantly won, but he'd never been given what Hogan was given. And that, that's why he turned heel. Um, Andre's... Ten years previous to that, Andre could move the same as as maybe a Big Show or maybe a Vader. He could he could run the ropes. He could you know leave his feet. He could take slams. He had taken slams. Um, Big John Studd slammed him multiple times. Hogan but, slammed him. H- Hogan slammed him. But you know what what he did in his career at the side in the pain he must have been in with with the illness that he had that made him the giant. You know all of that traveling, all those hotel rooms and thing. And if you listen to the Andre the Giant stories, they're so full of love and respect from everyone who was around him, whether it's stories of him falling asleep in hotel lobbies and them just putting tablecloths over him because no one could move him, or the 30 bottles of wine before he'd do a match, or even taking a shit on um, Psycho Sid's chest and Psycho Sid being too scared to say anything to him. (laughs) You know, it's an incredible fantastic career for somebody who from a very young age was in a very lot of pain and all he wanted to do was make people happy so massive love for andre the giant yeah. and i repeat what i said earlier but times 10 if it wasn't for andre the giant most of the big guys we're talking about now would not have even got a start yeah andre was one hell of an entertaining dude uh, both in and outside the ring uh, massive respect obviously um it pains me that it's Brock Lesnar versus Andre the Giant because it feels like you can't have Andre the Giant knocked out in the first round. But this is a great this is a great bracket that Jason created right here. This match in particular, but Brock's 
Brock's one of my faves, all-time faves. I just can't eliminate him. So Brock Lesnar gets my vote. Mike? Yeah, I mean, look, I'd, I'd love to see the match in their prime. And I think, Ooh, I, yeah. think I think Brock could hit the F5 on him, but I think he'd be fucked afterwards. <laughs> he'd want a big paycheck. That's a guarantee. So, <laughs> he definitely so, would. so you're going Brock? I'm going Brock for pure in-ring talent, but mm. more than anyone here, Andre, thank you so much. Absolutely. And uh, Chen? Yeah, I'm going with Brock as well. With that being said, though, I do. Mm. I think if them two in their prime were to ever actually have a fight, I, I just feel like Andre would crush his skull. I don't know why. But and with, that, uh, with that also being said, please, guys, check out The Prince's Bride. It's one of my favorite movies, Greg. Uh, that's a, yeah, good, that's a good that. yeah, that's a very good shout. Uh, big up, Princess Bride. Anyway, anyway, uh, on to the quarterfinals. So, first up, Yokozuna versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Um, whew, this is going to be interesting. Chen, I'm going to start with you. Are, are you more of a Yokozuna fan or a Bam Bam Bigelow fan? I'm none of them. Oh. Okay. Oh, so I, I, you're you're just salty because Kevin Nash got eliminated. Yeah, but I can't say I've watched a lot of their matches. But if I was to go for name value alone, I think Yokozuna. But part of me is also saying because I say Yokozuna because that's the match that we all know Bret Hart got screwed over at WrestleMania, right? Uh, following year, Bret got put over by Yokozuna at WrestleMania Ten, and that ended with an iconic celebration. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm gonna go with Yokozuna. So fair enough. Like I think we've said all we wanted to say about Bam Bam. I don't know, Mike. Mike, I, I'm willing. To, I'm torn. I need you to help me uh, decide between the two because I think both of them are really good. But I think Yokozuna's I, got more of a legacy, and that's what's swaying me towards. Yeah, Yoko. that's the big thing. Definitely had. I think he was involved in more high-profile matches, and those two that you mentioned against Hart, you know, main event of WrestleMania nine, main event of WrestleMania ten, and you know, if if you want a selling point, Yokozuna being so big, and you know, every, every match must have been a big stress on his body. He had mm. two matches at WrestleMania ten. Yeah, like yeah, that, that's a big selling point. I I, I think Bam Bam was great, but. You know, he his his main event against WrestleMania 11 is kind of forgotten. It was more of a celebrity match, and some people don't even count as the main event. Yoko clearly did main event two WrestleManias. So I think in terms of impact, in terms of legacy, people these days still remember Yokozuna. I don't think the average person would remember Bam Bam. Yeah, it's a shame, because I think Bam Bam was a pretty good uh, wrestler for a man of his size, but... Yeah, it's just legacy. Yoko, you know, worked hard given his limitations and, you know, also has Mr. Fuji company in, which I love Mr. Fuji. So, uh, yeah, massive props to Yoko. Uh, I think uh, that's a clean sweep. Second quarter final, Kane versus Big Van Vader. Mm. Uh, what happened to Vader in the first round? Uh, what? How did Vader get here? What happened to him in the first round? Uh, he, he beat the Yeti. Ah. Okay. Kane beat Big Boss Man. Big Man <laughs> beat the Yeti. Concentrate, concentrate, Mike. All right. Oh, sorry. I, I mean, why that, was the Yeti? Why was the Yeti put in? Like, because Jason's uh, a fan. It, it, oh my god. Um, anyway, Kane. Do you, do, do you remember Vader. the Do you remember the incident with the Yeti and Tony Giovanni? 
Uh, no. so, so the Yeti obviously had massive razors in his shoes to make him a bit taller and he had bandages wrapped around his head that added a whole foot so when he stood next to the giant at the time Tony Giovanni would with amazement in his eyes and you know panic his voice say, oh my god the Yeti is taller than the giant it was just that that, that kind of summed up the Yeti he was a joke of a big guy <laughs> Wow. But that's not what we're debating right now. We're debating Kane versus Big Man Vader. Uh, this is a tough one because Vader, if you talk about legacy, Kane obviously wins. But in ring work, a lot of like big men look up to Vader. I think his legacy was crushed by WWF because Shawn Michaels didn't want to put him over. Would you agree with that, Mike? I would hugely agree with that. Coming into the summer of 96, Vader had the potential to be the the top big man of all time and this tournament wouldn't even be happening and then sean had a bit of a hissy fit and shouted at him and you know it, uh, things change um two months after that incident a pay-per-view which had been named already it's time didn't even have vader in the main event so that just shows how quickly he came crashing down when sean decided he didn't like him but prior to that what vader had done in wcw and in japan mm. was in, for again, I keep saying this, but for a big man, he should not be able to do what he was doing. The movement and the speed and the top rope moves. Um, he also is a main part of one of my favorite matches of all time, the final four match. Either of you seen that? I've heard of it. I can't remember. Yeah, it's a, a total twenty-two minute um, marathon of a match where his eye pops out of his socket and he has to push it in and uh, take, take the mask off because blood is <laughs> coming around the mask so much. It's, um, he has some great moments. Unfortunately, he got derailed at the time of his biggest push. And at the time of his biggest push, Kane, uh, well, towards the end of his big push, Kane's uh, career started beginning in 97. Uh, you know, that massive Hell in a Cell, Undertaker, feud at WrestleMania 14, um, yeah. become WWF champion orbit for two days, yeah. multiple t- world champion within WWE. And Great you know what, you know what sells me on Kane and will really make me go with Kane here? Yeah, he was only brought in like a lot of Undertaker opponents to be his opponent for two or three months and then to vanish. There was no, he was meant to be the next fake Undertaker, it was meant to be a one match show and then gone. He wasn't meant to stick around. And yet, through pure perseverance, and you know, he'd finally he'd had a few failed starts with Isaac Yankum and fake Diesel. He finally mm. got something he could, you know, work with. And he, the the amount of effort he put in in those early days really reaped rewards. And they had to keep him around because he was so good. And the Kane Rooney. And the Kane Rooney. Uh, Chen, you're a WCW person at heart, if I remember correctly. So, no. who told you this? I thought you liked WCW. I did, but I don't think it's at heart. I like both of them equally. Uh, okay, fair enough. Okay, fair enough. Um, do you have anything to say about Vader? Or This is a tough one. Uh, although I did say Kane was my favourite wrestler growing up, I think what hurts me about Vader, and like a lot of wrestlers when they become semi-retired or retired, mm. is how they complain how the business is currently right now or how wrestling is progressing and they don't like it. One thing about Vader about was his complaints about the whole Ricochet and uh, Will Ospreay match, for example. Yeah, didn't Vader want to have a match with Will Ospreay at one point? Yeah, but apparently he didn't even watch the match. He was like, oh, it's all this flippy shit, it's not wrestling. And all he saw was a gif. 
He didn't even watch uh, I, Okay, okay. But, I, I mean, I mean, those complaints aside, which don't really affect like yeah, his but legacy, that's the thing. Or, that's the thing. Uh, it doesn't affect. No. I don't think we can talk about after wrestling because Kane has become mayor, and his ideas of the sanitation system are just ludicrous. Really. Yeah, we don't. We need, like I said, don't insult Kane. Okay? <laughs> Kane, Kane is pro Trump. You forgot. You forgot. He's twenty four. He was twenty four seven champion. Well, no, that wasn't Kane. That was Mayor Glenn Jacobs. Okay, all right. Do you know Kane is actually responsible for one of the best talking segments I I think in wrestling history. Do you remember when I can't even tell you the year, but he he put Undertaker into a vegetative state. Do you remember that storyline? And he was mm. in the ring, and he finally explained why he'd done it. He went over like ten years of history, and just the way he was talking, it, it really showed me Kane in a new light. He was what, just that, when he buried what, him alive. It was just prior to that to the. Buried alive match. Okay. Because uh, I remember Such... Undertaker having a match with Vince McMahon, and Kane interrupted and buried Undertaker. Yeah, no, not that one. It was a it was a promo we did in ring to explain why over the twelve years it had always been his plan to get to this point. So I'll have to find uh, it because the way he talks, you know, I, I believe he was a teacher before he became a wrestler. Actually, and you could just see it there. It was so clear and distinct, and not what you would expect from a Kane. Mm. talking segment but that just shows how versatile uh, Kane is oh yeah, yeah. Then, uh, then straight after that team hell no I mean we haven't mentioned that at uh, all okay guys I'm going to call it time um, I'm going to say Kane I'm uh, saying ch- Kane it's got to be Kane it's got to be Kane okay cool so Kane advances to the semi-finals up next Mark Henry versus Psycho Sid I am going to say Psycho Sid straight off the bat I'm going to join you straight off the bat. Yeah, yeah so, I'm going for Psycho Sid as well. Like multiple time WWE champion. I mean, Mark Henry had the opportunities as Chen alluded to in the first round. Who knows? But Psycho yeah, has had Psycho's... definitely more of an impact, I think. Um, big love to Mark Henry, though. Absolutely love that guy. One of my favorite big guys of all time. So, this leads to a WrestleMania 30 rematch. The Undertaker. Brock Lesnar in the last quarterfinal. Two of the goats. I, oh. Chen, I'm going to start with you. you got to make the case for Brock Lesnar. In-ring, aura, personality, promo, you name it. Make the case for Brock Lesnar. Are you kidding me? I just I thought I was backing the Undertaker in the last round. Okay, fine. Brock Lesnar, he came in at a time when The Rock and Oster were kind of like fading from the WWE, but he mm. came in and straight away made the big impact. He was young, he was big, he was athletic, he was just a beast, right? Um, what Brock Lesnar was able to do in those, he accomplished, he was there for like, what, two years? Yep. Before he left to go do football, he accomplished a lot in two years that most wrestlers take to accomplish even in ten years. Um, he put WrestleMania one of the main events. My favorite WrestleMania matches was Kurt Angle versus Brock. When he left the WWE, it was a big hole that he left. And yeah, you could say the Undertaker semi-retired, but the thing with Undertaker is. He's he's old now. We expected him, you know, we expect him to transition. Whereas when Brock left, he left when he was super young, like 23 or something. And he had the rest of his... 
Yeah, but he was still fresh and young. He still yeah. had the whole his whole career ahead of him. And then he goes on to UFC. Obviously, after the failed football time, he went to UFC. He made Dana White a lot of money. He put UFC on the map. Came back. And it was one of the best things WWE did, bringing Brock Lesnar as the first ever part-time wrestler. And it worked. And he re- Brock reinvented himself with, for example, Suplex City. Yep. Say what you want about maybe Brock not trying as much now, but he's still a very, very big attraction. Oh, yeah. Like, there's... When you see Brock Lesnar live, the, the atmosphere of the room changes. Yeah. Um, he is a special attraction. He's a reason why... He's one of the big reasons why you attend like a major pay-per-view. You always want to know what happens next, and that's the reason why I love Brock Lesnar. But I also love The Undertaker. Mike, you got to make a defense of The Undertaker. I agree with what Chen's just said, but going back in time, before Brock Lesnar debuted, Taker had been around for around 11 years. He had you know, had multiple main moments from his debut to winning the title against Hogan, Ministry of Darkness, his epic feud with Mankind, the Hell in a Cell match, all of this before Brock debuts and is called the next big thing. And in that first year to year and a half of Brock being the next big thing, he faced Undertaker multiple times in chain matches and even a Hell in a Cell match. And Undertaker put him over after the 11 years I've just talked about. He put him over and that was at the time huge for Brock's career. And if you fast forward seven years, you get to WrestleMania where Undertaker, and possibly the biggest putting someone over in history, put Brock over. He let him break the streak. So you you go to the present day, and you look at what Brock is now, and you take Undertaker out of that. Brock suddenly goes down massively. So Brock might be great, but you've got to look at who made him great and who did a million other things in wrestling alongside it. Can I just counter you for a second? You Mm -hmm. said the Undertaker put Brock over, wasn't it? Undertaker always does what's best for business, but wasn't it at the end of the day Vince McMahon's decision? It, it's a decision, but we're looking at the actual characters and the thing. Undertaker as a character lost to Brock as a character. I'm sure if back at the time in, in Brock's first year, if Undertaker hadn't wanted to and hadn't seen it, he could have put a stop in that. But he did it. He did it professionally. He did it well. He made Brock look strong and dominant. You know, he... he, he I, I would I would I would counter that by saying the rock put him over first. Kurt Angle helped put him over in two thousand three. Um No but big, big, big it... show Big Show also did the job in two thousand two, two thousand three to Brock Lesnar. Like it's it, Mad yeah, but respect Undertaker... the Undertaker, but you know. And yeah, you could say as well about the WrestleMania thirty match, that was a passing of the torch from the old phenom to the new phenom. And quite frankly, Brock Lesnar has more talent than The Undertaker when it comes to in-ring work. So I just want to say two things. They also fought in Hell in a Cell round about when Brock Twice. was champion. Twice, yes. Yeah, yeah. At the beginning of Brock's career. I remember that was a great match and Brock standing on top of the cell holding the undisputed title. And Both of them I, were great matches, actually. And I just remembered, um, for some reason, I remember, wasn't it Undertaker at UFC and Brock walked past him and then Undertaker said, you have a problem or something? Yeah. <laughs> like, can, can, yeah. Can I can I just throw in if you get Brock's two best matches in his career and put yeah. them put them up against Undertaker's two best matches of his career, do you really have a comparison? 
Yeah. Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle, Iron Man 2003. Awesome. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the Eddie Guerrero match as well. So I'm a massive Eddie Eddie fan. But if you remove that, then, you know, um, I think that's a very valid point. (laughs) (laughs) For example, the world was ready for Brock when he faced The Rock. The Rock was getting booed as a face. But this is the thing also about The Undertaker. Like, he should have retired at WrestleMania 30. That's it. Like, you have done everything. What has been... Everything he's done since 2014 has damaged his legacy, in my opinion, with the fans, taking Saudi blood money, putting himself in matches that are long and boring, like the Hell in a Cell match with Shane McMahon at WrestleMania 32, for example. Trying to do moves that he cannot do, like the WrestleMania 33 main event with Roman Reigns. Roman carried him to somewhat half-decent match, but Undertaker can't go anymore, and he should retire. And you know, when Brock Lesnar can't go anymore, I'm pretty sure he will retire. I oh, think that's the difference. I think the uh, only Undertaker match I've liked after the streak was broken was the tag team where he teamed up with Roman to face... Was it Drew and Shane? Yeah. yeah. That was last year at Extreme Rules. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, that was a good match, but that was Smoke and Mirrors. That was Smoke and Mirrors. Yeah, I would love that, him that to retire, Roman. I would love him to retire in a match where it's if he loses, he retires, because I think he deserves to go out like a lot of wrestlers have gone out. But we're talking about his whole career. He, he's had that opportunity against Roman Reigns. That wasn't a retirement. It wasn't he a kissed retirement his wife. Match, he broke K-Fan, all right? Yeah. Like, look, I have a lot of love for The Undertaker, but the fact of the matter is Brock Lesnar is just something else. He's a beast. He changes the atmosphere in the room. I've seen Undertaker live. I've seen Brock Lesnar live. For me, Brock Lesnar changed the atmosphere of the room more than The Undertaker. And Brock Lesnar is one of a kind specimen. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, it was a botch, but when he did the shooting star press at WrestleMania 19, it's one of the most spectacular things we have ever seen. It's a botch, but it's so good and yes. so freakly athletic that people still replay it as something that isn't. I agree. Brock is a one of a kind specimen. Undertaker made himself a one of a kind specimen. No! Yeah, but you can also say Brock Lesnar made two companies famous. WWE helped he helped make WWE big up, and he helped UFC on the map. I, I, I'm not too sure about that. One. I, I mean, he elevated UFC's pay per view buys. Okay, so so let's go back to my analogy about the Mount Rushmore. Is anyone arguing for Brock to be on there? I am. Is anyone look, look, Brock Lesnar is one of the greatest. Undertaker is one of the greatest. I've just got to make you know my argument clear. Like Brock Lesnar, I think in ring wise is better. I think there is no denying someone of that athletic talent. I, I I mean this is difficult because I have massive respect for the Undertaker without doubt. Undertaker tarnished his legacy. After losing at WrestleMania 30 by coming back. Hang on. We can't talk about Tarnished Legacy without going by the fact that Brock literally does every single move for money. It's how much he can get. Whereas Taker does it for a little bit. That's just smart business. That's just smart business. (laughs) Come on. Taker has done this for 20 years. Brock Lesnar commands that money. Brock Lesnar commands that money. Undertaker doesn't. Who's more valuable to the business? That Brock Lesnar. Case closed. Mike. Yes. Put it this way: You love doing this podcast, right? And I you do. do it for you do it for the cheap. 
But wouldn't you like to do something for millions? Something that you love if you if you had the opportunity. Okay, Brock wins. Ah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. No, okay, no, right. No, right, I, right. I, I honestly cannot believe we're about to put Taker out. Unless it was somebody who's been in the business Look, back. for he needs the same amount of time. Right, but, right, 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 right. I think we've got to make a decision and move on because we don't want this podcast going on for too long. But, Mike, let's start with you. I think it's pretty clear. I think The Undertaker should get every respect we can give him and definitely put him through to the semis. We're talking about the best characters, the best wrestlers, the best people in wrestling. I don't think Brock's anywhere near. Chan. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. But I am also going with The Undertaker. <laughs> you motherfucker! Are you going to ruin my U-turn? <laughs> I was going to... I was just... I was just, I just Put Brock Lesnar over before I kill him. What ah! <laughs> oh, great. Oh, it's a clean sweep for The Undertaker. Are you two winding me up this whole time? <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, 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 no. I, lo- I love Brock. Don't get me wrong. Brock yeah. is one of my favorite guys. And he's one of the big reasons why I still watch wrestling. Um, but I felt it. <sighs> There's if no anyone's denying, loyal to a company, it's Undertaker. Yeah, there's no denying Undertaker's loyalty, his legacy, his in-ring work, his athleticism. I just felt it was important to put Brock Lesnar over. Um, and because I, Brock Lesnar's Brock a one-of-kind talent, and I don't like this quarterfinal. Uh, but yeah, I will like, say in this, all seriousness, Undertaker had to win. No, but I will say this. Yeah, we can say that Undertaker should have retired, but sometimes when Brock comes, he just doesn't perform. It's just too lazy. That's uh, the uh, like, what he did uh, at the Royal Rumble. I wish he did more of that. I th- I think he's been doing that character work for a while now. Like, I, you know, I've I he hasn't had. I felt like he's put more effort in over the past year. He's been a more raw. He's like his match with AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan were great, but he's also Finn Balor. Seth Rollins' storyline was good. I think the only thing that was a uh, blot on his copybook was the Kofi Kingston theme, but I think that was more to do with uh, the book in between him and Cain Velasquez more but than anything else. That was the issue, right? They say that Brock only tries if he respects you, kind of thing. The question is, does he respect Ricochet? Yeah. I think we're going to have a great match on Thursday for once in Saudi. They can give us something great. I'm not watching it because I have morals. Anyway. um, You have morals? Morals. I think I do as well, but I have morals. Morals, Mike. Let's move on to the semifinals. We're down to the last four. First semifinal, Yokozuna versus Kane. It's got to be. It's got to be Kane. <laughs> right, it's got to be Kane. Right, who who actually wants to defend Yokozuna, or shall I defend You defend him. Okay, cool. Um, 500 pound plus man, uh, you know, two WrestleMania main events under his belt. We've gone Great through manager. Great manager and Mr. Fuji. I think, um, sure, he wasn't the best big guy in the ring, but for what he could do with his limitations uh, was amazing. He had great character work. Um, uh, 
yeah, I liked Yokozuna. Oh, fuck it. Kane wins. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be bothered. Kane has to win this one, right? Does anyone want to say anything else kind about Yokozuna? Because, you know, he had a big impact on WWF's legacy. He had a big impact, and then he had a big, very quick vanishing, really. He came, he did what he did, and then he left. And I think Kane alongside The Undertaker in terms of his longevity you've got to respect what he's done mm. you've got to expect the reinventing the you know going from psycho bad guy to comedy humour character he's he's done it all I think um, Yoko two years and other than a few sporadic appearances that was it yeah I think I think Yokozuna is another case of what if because um, I remember hearing a story that Vince McMahon offered him money um to come back during the attitude era if he lost um a certain amount of weight because of course yokozuna was a, a an unhealthy uh size towards the end of his life and he says if you lose x amount of pounds you'll get this big money contract you'll be a big part of the attitude era we'll, we'll love to have you back and yoko never accomplished it so that's 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 always been like something in the back of my mind is like what could have been with Yoko but yeah Kane has to win this one uh, Chan do you agree yeah yeah cool Kane is in the final which leads Yay. to the <laughs> your childhood <laughs> favourite that isn't Kevin Nash um, uh, so the last semi-final is a Wrestlemania rematch again Psycho Sid versus The Undertaker oh Oh, why, why, ooh. Ooh, where, which way am I going to go on this? <sighs> Mike, you gotta, you got to defend Psycho Sid, right? I will defend him, and it, it all comes down to... <laughs> Does he have com- half the brain that you do? <laughs> <laughs> it all comes down to what they were before, uh, before a character, before they got to WWF, I guess, and Psycho Sid... You know, it was Sid Vicious before that, and he 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 was main eventing. He was part of the Twin Towers. who won the tag team titles. He was, you know, before a gimmick and before the spotlight, millions were thrown at him. He was still a hugely successful attraction and a draw. Mean Mark Callis never sold tickets. Um, Ooh. He was a failure. He was told by every promoter, Vince McMahon including, that he would never amount to anything. In fact, I don't know if you watched the Broken Skulls interview lately, he thought he was going to be the gobbledygooker. That's how little he thought of himself at the time. So The Undertaker, the character, and the you know, what he's done for wrestling is incredible. But Sid, what he's done with what he's been given, he has never been told he won't make it. He has been a promoter's dream. I can't say a bad thing about Sid. And if it wasn't for an unfortunate in-ring accident, which ended his career mm. sooner, I think we would have continued to see great things. I think he would have, you know, come back over as part of the invasion angle, maybe he, he made did, that he, angle better. He, he did beat Heath Slater once. I remember that match. <laughs> yeah, and no one Such knew who great he match. was. No one knew who he was. What think, the f- I, what are I you think, talking I think about? Chen is the smoking. Reaction. Chen, Chen's just trolling now. Yeah. Reaction. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, I'm massive respect to Undertaker, but I think Sid is an all-around great big guy. This is all about big guys. 
And yes, Undertaker is big, but Sid made big what it is now. Okay, so are you saying Sid or Undertaker? I'm saying I'll answer you when you ask the question for the final time. That is the final time. Oh, Sid. Okay, Chan. Guys, clear your mind. Take a deep breath. We were debating for almost God knows how long who to eliminate, Brock Lesnar or The Undertaker. Brock Lesnar shits on Sid Vicious, and we picked Undertaker over Brock Lesnar. So that mm. means Undertaker shits on Sid Vicious. Okay? Actually, it's Sid Vicious slash Sid Justice slash Psycho Sid. <laughs> All right. And I didn't even know this, but according to Mike, Andrew and China, I took a shit on Sid Vicious. Okay? Surely that, that's worthy. Surely that's worthy of putting him to the final channel. He lay there and got shot on and out of respect didn't do anything. I mean, right. come on. Listen, you think Brock Lesnar will, will take that shit? Okay. Yeah, but hang on. But years later, Psycho Sid would then shit on The Undertaker in WrestleMania 13. So, you know. <laughs> oh, wow. Sid shit us. Um... Oh. Listen, I just have to go with Taker. Yeah, that made, that's 2-1. Listen, uh, you know, a lot of big love for Sid, obviously. Um, but there's no denying The Undertaker. Absolutely yeah. no denying The Undertaker. So, in the final, it's brother versus brother in kayfabe terms. It's a WrestleMania 14, WrestleMania 20. Did they have a Hell in a Cell match? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did, yes. Yeah. Um, was that like Nexus and stuff? I don't no, know. No, that, that was when that storyline I was talking about, the Vegetative State, when he came back, they've had a Hell in a Cell match, they've had an Inferno match, they've had a, you know, Last Van Standing match, they've had everything. But this is the ultimate match. This is. This is our Holy Shoot match. Yeah, the Holy, the holy Shoot, Holy Shoot, Holy Shoot uh, match. Who will win the first ever Big Boy Battle Ball that wasn't hard to say at all. Kane, The Undertaker, fight! You go first. I go okay. first. No, Chen. Okay, cool. All right, so I'm thinking about the advantage. One thing that Kane has that I've never seen The Undertaker do is Kane play different emotions. Like we said, he, he bring with the whole Daniel Bryan one, it showed a different side of Kane. Whereas Undertaker, no matter the gimmick chain, whereas the big evil, the American badass, you're still playing a heel bad guy. Mm. I've never seen the Taker do like comedy or anything like that. That's mm. the only thing I can say that Kane has an advantage over Taker. Yeah, I think Kane actually was a better character worker than Undertaker in many respects. Um, like... It he he went up and down the card. He had more variety to his characters beyond Biker and Deadman, which is The Undertaker. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, if you're good at something, you should stick to it. And if you can adjust to something, then you're good at that. You can stick to that too. But I think you're right, Chen, in the fact that Kane definitely had, I would argue, more of a personality too than The Undertaker. However, if you look at Kane's move list, some of his big moves were Taker's moves. I think that's a character that's for thing. for storyline reasons, though, isn't it? Yeah. Brother, so gimmicked him, sorry, imitated him from the start. 
Yeah, but I, I think Kane is just such an awesome presentation. Like, yeah. there's, no de- there's no denying like the mask and when he had that throat voice thing uh, to the stupidity of Kane Rooney and celebrating with the Canaanites. Uh, that 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 promo rock and Hollywood Hogan made me laugh. Team Hell No, the unveiling of the mask, uh, stupid stuff like Lita's pregnancy and corporate Kane. Like he's done it all in terms of character work, and I think we forget. That yes, he might not be the best in ring worker. Undertaker beat some hands down for that. But you've got to give the fact that Kane is more versatile. A versatile performer in terms of character, versatile gimmick. Mike, what what's your thoughts? Oh, this is so hard, and I'm trying to my head to try and put logic to what I'm thinking, which is. It's very hard to compare two careers who have been so entwined when one of them has the career that's a lot longer. So I'm trying to be head to shorten Undertaker's career down to the same level as Kane's and see who had the best like side by side. And that's the that's the problem is so difficult. There would be no Undertaker as we know it after the Hell in a Cell without Kane, for Kane wouldn't have even existed if it wasn't for Undertaker. Mm. So I've just got to look at who had the better. You know, if you, if you go from the Hell in a Cell where Kane debuts through to maybe the time that Kane stops being a main event player or, or, or moves into Team Hell, no, who had the best storylines and character development. And unfortunately, I think the fact that Undertaker had the American badass gimmick, which I hated, puts him on the back burner here. I think Kane, every time he's changed, when he's removed the mask or put the mask back on or changed his voice or changed his manager or gone to comedy, I've liked it. I can't mm-hmm. remember ever hating something Kane did. I think, Kane is, cor- I think corporate Kane was detestable for some but, people. I think that was the point. Yeah, he was you playing know, the, the bad guy. So you're meant yeah, to again, could it. The Undertaker have done that? Could he have turned into corporate taker and, changed, <laughs> and instead of changing the name? Could he have changed his the way he walked and the way he talked and stuff? I think, I think going, putting them side by side like that, if we're talking about who was the best, I think Kane was the best because he did more. But Undertaker's legacy. The question is, isn't isn't who was the best, who left the biggest legacy? Because we wouldn't even bother having this podcast. No, 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 which no, wrestler no, has the biggest legacy? No, no. But the question is about in ring work, their aura, presentation. Uh, who would win if you put the match? I mean, okay, well, maybe not that, yeah. bit, but people who people enjoyed the most, and you know. <laughs> I've seen Undertaker and Kane live on the same show, and this is the days of SmackDown ECW taping. People lost their shit when The Undertaker came out. People never did for Kane. People were like, yeah, it's Kane. People were like, oh my god, it's The Undertaker. Was Undertaker regular, right, at that time? Yeah, yeah, he was feuding, okay, with, so he was feuding with uh, Batista at the time. Okay. Yeah, if you were to ask bigger crowd pops, it would definitely still be Undertaker. Yeah, like there's no doubt in that. There's an. It's a, basically a question of who do you think is a better in-ring worker, and if it who, comes to in-ring workers, Taker all all the time. Yeah, that's the and, yeah, I think it's Taker ha- as well. And who has a better presentation of their gimmick or gimmicks? And I think Undertaker has a better presentation of the dead man gimmick that people lose their mind to even to this day even at the raw after mania you know everyone rushed back to see the undertaker 
kick Elias's ass. Um, and, and it's 2020, and he's well 2019 then, and he was past it. But people still like lost their mind. If Kane came back, it's like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I think, I think I that's the difference. I think that's settled. I'm trying. I'm trying to think about the last good matches these wrestlers had. Like that made me go, "Oh my god, that was bloody amazing." That match with DX at that's that Saudi Arabia show. <laughs> no, I mean, I was thinking more of Kane's first match with the Shield, the Shield's debut match. But oh, that was such a good match. But the Undertaker, I can't think of anything. But. You know what? I've, I've I've been trying to find comparisons, and I think the one for me is, if you think what is the best thing that signifies both of their careers, Undertaker is the streak, and Kane is his Royal Rumble performance, and I think the streak overpowers the Rumble performance. Yeah. So yeah. Because considering... Kane has never won the Rumble. So... Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. I think broken. in terms until that streak was broken, what it actually meant coming into every WrestleMania it was it was its own title. It was something super special. And yeah, I think I've switched. I think Kane had some great performances in terms of character. But mm. to name my five favorite Kane matches, hmm, might be yeah. a pen and paper. Yeah, I oh, think yeah. it's like one character trumps a multitude of characters. Yeah. And I think within that, you had a diversity of storylines from the streak to trying to bury the Undertaker alive. Like there, there was so much more diversity in that one Undertaker character. And would uh, would Kane exist without the Undertaker? The answer is obviously yeah, uh, no. no. No, sorry. Yeah. So let, let's put this to a vote. Chan, I'll go with you first. It's the Undertaker. Mike, it is the Undertaker. And it's a clean sweep. It's the Undertaker. But, you know, it was close there. I was like, uh, Chan's argument at the beginning like definitely put some seeds of doubt into my mind. I, I gotta say, I gotta say. Anyway, uh, the Undertaker wins our big boy battle ball. Uh, I think that goes to that question. He is one of the greatest of all time. So, uh, but let's just pick, make, make a note. We were gonna eliminate him <laughs> when it was Brock Lesnar, but we all did a U turn. Right? Yeah, yeah. You ruined my U turn. I was, <laughs> I was, I was hoping you say, yeah, I'll be Brock, and then I'd be like. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be Undertaker. I, I really want to hear you two argue Brock versus Kane in the final now. I'm intrigued. Uh, Brock Lesnar would win. Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> no, I'm not even joking. Brock would win. Like, Brock versus Undertaker would probably be my dream big boy battle uh, yeah. final. I think that was like the best discussion we had up until the final. Um, but anyway, thank you, gentlemen, for joining me on the show. Uh, thank you uh, to those listening at home on their commute, etc. Uh, if you like this podcast, give us a subscribe on your various podcast platform, as well as a five star review or like. Uh, any any feedback is great. Also, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at Holy Shoot Podcast. Uh, no, sorry, at Holy Shoot Pod. I'll get it right. And we're also on Facebook and Instagram. And that's the bottom line because this pod says so. Rest in peace.